0: Well, hello there, Cub Scouts. Uh, my name's Chester. Uh, just a quick message before we begin the episode. I'd like to give a big thank you to Angela, who is our first ever proper Patreon. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it, Angela. You are now our favorite person in every way, shape, and form. So, Angela's getting access to a whole bunch of the patron stuff. It's a whole bunch of stuff, all of which you can check out on the Dark Tides Patreon page. So, uh, yes, thank you, Angela. Onwards with the episode. Uh, why are you here in my sacred
1: lands or I shall kill him (laughs) and points to like his finger guns again at Alistair (laughs) he can feel the proximity of the wall in front of him just just beyond his nose and he can hear someone else
2: breathing it's okay, Asa, so you're finding a child, right? That's what you do. That's what you're here for. He's just trying to remember that. Now, I believe on a spiritual level that Chutney needs to have large pieces in it. And he's finding it very hard to focus on that. Cut to. <laughs> Where do you come up with this stuff? <laughs> you're like, you, you spend the last 20 minutes in a life-threatening situation with Ernest, and you're like, Chutneys!
1: <laughs> he can see feathers, and he can see teeth glinting through the clean patch and then it fogs as the breath covers it welcome listeners to dark tides a weekly improvised audio drama series that uses role-playing game mechanics now listeners as always i just want to just want to let you know this show can be a little scary. They
0: know, Aubrey, they're up this to This could be their 10. first episode listening. No you one don't know that. To
1: episode 10. Dear listener, if hey you mind. have decided, as some old people that I know do, <laughs> to just start listening with the most recent episode, uh, this is a thriller, horror, supernatural mystery podcast that involves violence and scary things. So if you don't like those things or those things are not good for you, don't listen. Your grandson is recommending it to you as a joke. They're trying to get your inheritance, all They're right? They're
2: trying to frighten you. He thinks it's cool, but he can handle it, all right? He's a young boy with He's young blood. He's 11 now. He can handle, he can handle it. it. Now, let's identify
1: all of these different voices. Uh, I am your host, show creator and narrator, Aubrey Lydden. Uh With me are the two angels and demons of podcasting on your shoulder... You know what I'm talking about.
2: It's BJ and Chester. Hello, my name's BJ. I play Alistair Stern, who is a 19-year-old emo with no friends and no job security. He works as a night watchman for his... (laughs) Every time I think I can do the intro. Basically, he's an emo. He loves solving mysteries. He doesn't really have a decent job. Hey, how you doing?
0: Hi. Hi, I'm Chester. I play Ernest Marsh on the fictitious podcast Dark Tides. Uh, which you're listening to right now, your grandson recommended. Uh, so uh, I, of course, play Otis Smash, a lifelong boy scout and nature enthusiast who has been given a chance to fulfill his lifelong dream of becoming a park ranger. This dream has led him to the hook bar
2: archipelago. Very nice.
1: Yes. Now, we will say at the preface uh, that we have recorded episode 10 directly after episode nine. So we are beginning to record this episode at uh, just past 10 o'clock at night. We've we- done later. We have done later, but we are still uh, consuming a lot of caffeine. (laughs) So uh, that is why this episode is the way it is.
2: (laughs) We apologise, but also we don't, because you're listening to it, which means we got it out on time. Hey,
1: Ernest and Alistair,
2: they're tired. It's been a big week. I do. Maybe we we should just do this all the time. Yeah, Yeah, we should record at 3am next time. Wait, hang on, no, wait. (laughs) By the way, to retcon,
1: I believe, as I forget every single time. I believe that both of your characters would have taken a little bit of stress damage mm. last oh,
2: week. I thought he'd forgotten. I when are you going to
1: start giving us our vitality back? When Never. When you rest. I had a big when we nap die, at the, that's at when. the uh, hospital. Yeah, you were supposed to take about half of it back. No you only ever me there. Yeah, we did that. Half we did that. Time. We well, did, I, I think
2: I remember doing that. I don't
1: anyway, remember. I think uh, I'm going to say that just, you know, in my infinite wisdom...
2: Uh, <laughs> I think Alistair probably took less than Ernest. Alistair probably yeah. took
1: one and Ernest probably took two to three. Three.
2: Three. Punish oh, him. I reckon I should roll But I'm pretty a sure four. Ernest
1: is quite close to the end of his rope already, but that'll be interesting to see. Roll a D four. That's fine. You can both roll a D four.
2: What? <laughs> no. Alright. You might get one. I also might get four. I got
1: two, so I was getting what I was
2: going to be talking anyway. I got four! (laughs) I got four! (laughs) He's stressed out when he's not the I got poked in the eye and I cleaned a window. (laughs) He got trapped in a coffin. It's fine, I'll write it down. (laughs) Yes, fun facts, please. Okay, uh, my fun fact for Alistair this week. Bringing it down a notch, all right, from Mm -hmm. the crazy energy that we started this podcast with. Crazy! In Alistair's attic, where he lives most of the time when he's not adventuring or getting killed by various monsters, uh, or he has a secret compartment. In it's it's hidden uh, behind it's it's one of the I don't like where this is going. One of the boards, <laughs> one of the boards on the wall is a secret compartment. It's loose, and behind there he stores an old guitar that he found one day when he was out wandering the scrap heap like he does. Every Friday, he has this old guitar and it was like it had three strings left. Two of them were very frayed. And over the course of a couple of weeks, he repaired it and got it working again. And he has been slowly teaching himself to play the guitar Mm. completely in secret. His dad doesn't know. Nobody knows that he has this guitar. And he, he, has it, he has it hidden. His dad just thinks he's going crazy when he hears the guitar strumming. Yeah, exactly. Oh, those noises again. Alistair has to get very creative. <laughs> like, either he does it when his dad's not home or he, like, I don't, he's, yeah, he's he's had to really stretch
1: the excuses. Mm-hmm. Al, I sometimes feel bad because it feels like Alistair's got some pretty serious insecurities and it's, he's a lonely boy. Oh, he really does. Mm-hmm. Really all done. we see is like angsty, angry, <laughs> aggressive
2: Alistair. It's because nobody's taken the time to understand him both in his fictitious life <laughs> and on this real-life podcast. Nobody has taken the Not even Ernest has taken the time. I'm well, going to throw this over to you. What's your fun fact? <laughs> um, well, mine's quite different.
0: <laughs> um, Ernest goddamn well loves gingerbread. Ernest once wrestled a child for their <laughs> gingerbread. Was it rightfully his or the child's? <laughs> it was his.
2: Okay, well that's a bit better.
0: And when I say wrestled, it was more like, come on, man, come on, give, give, come, give me, give, give me back be- the gingerbread <laughs> type of thing. It was that type of situation. He loves gingerbread. He loves Christmas. He adores Christmas. Oh, he would. Oh, of course he, he would. He decorates the house. He's one. He's like you. He's like <laughs> me. He loves Christmas. He loves Christmas time. He loves Christmas food, Christmas decorations. Uh, yeah. So that's that's Ernest. He uh, he loves a lot of things,
1: and he doesn't hide very many things. We have very different characters. Very there. different characters. All right. Jumping right back in, Mr. Pop. <laughs> Ernest and Randy, tied together now by Ernest's shirt, are threading their way back through difficult twisting dark corridors in this cave system. Uh what are you two doing as you move along? <laughs>
2: Dancing in November. <laughs> da, da, da. So, brief me again. What's the
0: plan? Yes. Okay, so, Randy, my boy. um, Firstly, I do want to have a look at that cut in a minute. Um, But anyway, so we are going to try and find... uh, Sorry. Yes, yes, hello. Um, Okay, just pats him on the back. So we're going to find Gina, then we're going to find Brett, and we're going to take the pathway that you found out of here, and then we're going to get back up, and we're going to come back and find everyone else. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy.
2: It, it's Nancy, not Gina. Nancy, sorry. I'm still stressing about Gina. It's all good. So, uh, give me a second. Uh, we're going to find them. Yes. And then get out. Yes. With them. Yes. Once we have them. Mm-hmm. In September. No way. That's, no, we've moved sol- on from that. No. <laughs> no. I've got you. Yes. I'm ready. I'm alert.
1: Wonderful. All right, uh, you break out of this uh, particular corridor into light again suddenly as it kind of takes a sharp turn and then exits into the main chamber again. Uh, Ernest, you notice everything is the same as it was before. The bags are still there. The lantern is still sitting atop a rock in the rough centre. There are still no ropes hanging down. Um, But you do notice that while you have moved out, Randy is still in the cave system behind you. He has kind of gone to the length that your shirt will allow as he's sort of stopped in the uh, corridor. I can't
0: tug on a bit and turn around. Uh, Randy, come on. we gotta, We got to take the corridor.
2: Ah. Uh,
1: Randy is listening. Roll for me, Randy. Yep. You right, man? We've got to go find Nancy. Randy rolls an eight. All right, you roll as well. And 11 uh Randy hears it first but then you hear it clearer you hear a scream and at first it's more of a whimper and then it rises in pitch until it is so high it seems impossible and it's coming from uh, directly opposite you this is the final corridor that you haven't been down
0: yet I reach did, out did you hear that I reach out and grab Randy around the wrist and I think I had to <gasps> take
2: off down the corridor. Yep, all right. <laughs> all right we're going from. this way. We are going this way. This is the direction that we're going. We're all going. Right. Yep. So
1: you you bolt again into the dark of another corridor. <laughs> you wind your way through twists and turns. This particular corridor seems to be um, cramped. Not in the way that the the jagged cleft in the rock was. Last week. Um, But this one shifts and turns. It seems like its direction may have been carved by water at some stage, finding the easiest path. And you actually start heading uphill, which none of the other ones have taken you kind of in any vertical direction at all. You start to head uphill. I think we're onto something good here. Um, You go deeper, deeper, and then it drops. You actually come to almost like a shelf, and then you drop down uh, unexpectedly. And as you shine your flashlight down, you can see that the continuation of this corridor is sort of shelves of rock that sort of drop down. Not quite a staircase,
2: uh, but going deeper in. All right, I think you should take point on this one because I'm not exactly skilled in the whole dark defence. So I'm going to bring up the rear and keep listening. You take point and uh, I'll make sure nothing's following us. And he kind of brings up his arms and like karate chop hands, like I, um, looking to the... I chuck in behind. my extra flashlight and I say, "You keep the beam on
0: me, and you keep a beam behind you." I'm gonna start. He immediately climbing.
2: shines it in your eyes. He's like, "Right, no worries.
1: Oh, I've got it. <laughs> I'm gonna start climbing down." All right, yeah. The, these shelves of rock, you could jump them, but they're a fair jump down. They're about a meter each, and some of them are wider than others. So you begin this descent. Uh, can you roll again for me as you do so? Does would, Randy would my... my no? He hasn't started Just game, for earnest.
0: But would they my uh, sneaking nature? You're not survival that sort of thing. Just roll.
1: Got a ten. All right, that's good. Uh, With a ten, you catch the whiff of some uh, strange smell. It's not unfamiliar to you, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is. It smells. Not like seawater, not like the inside of the blue gull with, like, decaying plant life in water. Um, but it does jog your mind back to that as you continue to go deeper.
2: Mm.
0: Okay, and as my is going to immediately head towards the little creatures that Gina was fending off and thinking back to the large eyes he saw in the, the corridor before... He's going to reach the bottom and beckon for Randy, and he's going to switch on a flashlight and start illuminating the path for
1: Randy to head down.
2: Yep, alright, I'm gonna follow. Yep. Alright, you
1: in tandem this way, you begin heading further down and deeper into this corridor, and it takes you some time. The walls here uh get slicker and slicker as there seems to be water. Uh, beading and running through cracks. Just a tiny amount, little little rivulets of water running
2: down here. Poor oh, Randy he doesn't like the dark. He doesn't like the dark. He doesn't like the water. He doesn't like it. But he must keep going. He must continue on the rescue effort to rescue. Uh what was the name? Ah, uh, Nancy. Nancy. Nancy was the name. Yes, yes. Nancy. Yeah. Nancy. I must rescue her. And and another Brett. one. Was there another one? Brett. Yeah. Brett. Yes. 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 Brett. <laughs> Benny, what? Brett. Brett. Benny, are you sure? I'm going to have to look at your head at some point
1: here. (laughs) Um, I feel great. Can Randy roll for me,
2: please? (laughs) Sure thing.
1: (laughs) Randy rolls a two. All right, Randy doesn't notice anything. Ernest, please roll for me. He's too busy muttering to himself.
0: Uh, three, he's busy paying attention to uh, Randy's <laughs> mumblings and getting very concerned. Alright,
1: everything's fine.
2: Everything's good. Um, everything's all good all good in the proverbial... Hood. Cave. Cave, yes. <laughs> um, you do both notice that you haven't
1: heard another sound like the one before. Um, it is quiet down here.
0: Have we reached the bottom yet?
1: No, you're still going down. Still going.
2: Still tracking on.
1: Right,
0: uh, Randy. Uh, Ernest is going to stop on one of the larger kind of plates and shine his light around and up and just kind of get a uh,
1: survey the area. Okay, basically you can see that this tunnel of sorts that you are in is uneven. Uh, at some points the the roof is high above you, and at other points you have to duck underneath it. But it's always in this sort of shelving formation, heading deeper. And as you shine your light, you can you can see maybe 10 meters ahead of you, but basically the dark swallows up the light of the torch and you cannot see that far ahead of you because it continues to twist and turn as it goes deeper in this sort of formation. Uh, You pick up a pebble from the ground and you throw it down and it clatters, one shelf, two shelf, three, five, and it echoes as it does. And then you hear a slight splash (sighs)
0: <sighs> more water okay kind of pats on his knees like okay we definitely heard from down here we've uh Yep.
2: I heard it come on we gotta keep going alright I'm down I'm down let's keep moving keep moving deeper let's keep moving darker let's uh yeah let's keep going
1: alright as you continue to move down you come to where you think the stone probably landed in what is Just a very shallow
2: puddle of water. That's incredibly underwhelming. I was... Yeah, I was imagining like an underwater lake or something. A lake. Or a sea. Or a... Maybe not a sea, but yeah, like a lake or a large pond. A lake. Yeah. Yeah, you you, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Randy's looking slightly off to the left of the puddle. (laughs) (laughs) A
1: lake. And you're now standing in... Another narrow corridor, but this one is tall. It's a little more than shoulder wide. It's definitely single file, but it seems to just continue deeper. Uh, Not down anymore. You've sort of plateaued and you're just heading through. And as you begin to move your way along, uh, Randy is going to notice it first. Trailing behind you, the the angle of the torchlight, he sees it um, before you do, that there is a cleft in the rock. A point where the trajectory of your little path shifts and then shifts back again, uh, a little like a fold. And what Randy sees that Ernest doesn't yet uh, is that there is a fissure, a thin crack in the wall here uh, that seems to lead maybe to another chamber. Hey, hey, hey. I just, and he kind of like tugs on the shirt that's connecting to you. Like. Hey, hey, you. Uh, roll hey. again, both of you. And it's like boomerangs back, like it's like jumpy backed. Four, Uh, seven. All right, seven, you hear a whimpering that seems to be coming from inside this cleft. It's hard to place exactly where it is because you are in, there's so much rock and different surfaces and the water for sounds to reverberate off. But to your best guess, it's coming from inside. It's coming
2: from very close anyway. Did you see, ah. Over there there's like a like a crack or a cleft or a crevasse or a cravat or a no wait, that's a tie. Uh something over there. Uh yeah, and he's kinda of pointing to this crack that he's seen. And just kinda of peers back. He's like oh, oh, okay, good eye. All right. Yep. Okay. You know, he runs
1: over to it and shines his light through it. Can you see anything? Alright. Um what you can see is you can see a tennis shoe in a dim corner, you can barely, you can, if you were to squeeze to get down on hands and knees and squeeze your head in first and then your shoulders, you could push your way into this crag. And it's a little way in, it's not easy to get into, um, but you can see as you shine your flashlight, the white of an old tennis shoe and maybe the corner of a book.
2: You uh, You see anything down there, Sunshine? <laughs> I you flick my something. head back.
1: and I say, "What shoes were Nancy wearing?" She was wearing shoes on her feet. Okay. Uh, you were all wearing, you know, hiking boots. Police issue for Randy and Nancy. Okay, okay I, I kind of click my head back to him. I was like, "But you did find a tennis shoe, yep,
0: if you remember." I click my head back to him. and Say, "Looks like we found the uh the second tennis shoe." Tennis shoe? Yeah, I remember how we found a shoe in that room?
2: That is something that I do remember. Yes. 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 Good. The shoe. The shoe. Yes. We were found in oh, second. Oh, Yes. Yes. Right. There we, yes. Shoes. There we go. Nancy was wearing shoes, you know. Not tennis shoes, though. No. No. I'm sure she wasn't. <laughs> All right. I think we should investigate. Mm. I'm a bit bulky, and you know fully well that that's probably just because he's wearing his big bomber jacket. Like, he's not much <laughs> stockier than you are, but he's like, I take up a lot of space. I'm thinking I should stay out here. And he's like untying t t-shirt. He's like, I'm going to stay here. Keep watch. And he like, spins around. Shines the torch. Nothing there. Turns back around. I'm going to keep watch. You go in there. If there's anything to find, I'll maybe see if I can squeeze my way in. Sound good? And this kind of clears his throat. He's like, mm, mm. Yep, let's do this. <laughs> right, gonna get go. And
0: start scrabbling his way into it. He's also going to like take off his jumper and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, it. he's going to hand it to Randy. Yes. All
0: right, I'll take care of it. I'll take good care of it. I look at him Don't. and I, like, points at him. I was
2: like, you take care of that. He looks at you. He looks at the jumper. He's like, with with the most convincing face you've seen yet on Randy, which is not that convincing, but for Randy, it's a big deal. He's like, I will. I will look after this as though my own... Jacket, good man. This is gonna start calling his way in. Uh,
1: That's a four. Uh, You can make it with advantage, I'd say, because it's still sort of survival based. Uh, That's a five. All right. (laughs) Um, Okay, roll a d4 for me. All right, you you squeeze your way through torch first, I'm assuming, and then as you're about halfway through and you are starting to get a little bit stuck, you feel, rather, you hear something first. You hear a. clatter like a stone being dropped and then you feel a shove from behind you something strong shoves you forward and you are pushed bodily the rest of the way into this and you hear randy make a strangled sound and you are shoved through into this hole and your torch spins away from you on the floor i'm going
0: to scrabble for the the torch and shine it back
1: through randy randy what you see is that the your shirt is still tied around your waist but is tied to nothing <clears throat> anymore. It is in this little alcove tunnel with you and there is now stone blocking the exit.
0: Mm. I'm going to like stand up and... Randy! and like bash on the wall. Randy!
1: You can't quite stand. You are still in sort of a, a small little alcove uh but the stone was not there before it's like something has been pushed in front of it that there must have been stone big enough lying around but that is a heavy piece of mm. material he uh kind of puts
0: both hands palm on the both palms on the the wall and kind of breathes heavily and looks down the ground and it, like kicks the the hole climb through and kind of spins around
1: and tries to look at the room what what does he see alright Ernest shines his flashlight first at the ground and then he follows normal human nature you go to the brightest thing within your vision and he sees the tennis shoe lying on its side next to it is an old book almost rotting away the cover is hard back but almost unreadable and as you trail along you see another shoe you see a wooden walking stick you see a rock pickaxe you see a clutter of different objects in this space none of them have anything in common they're just odd items there's a piece of jewelry here a small box there a piece of clothing, a scarf, someone's hat. Most of them are relatively small, nothing here is huge, but it's this collection of keepsakes and it's piled in a mound in this very small chamber that you find yourself in. And as you let the torch travel around the room, you begin to realize that these walls are not bare. They start low and they curve up sharply to meet the roof they're almost like a teepee domed above you and carved on every wall nearly on every inch there are images they look like they're rough carved who knows what kind of tool but nothing sophisticated and they seem to be scenes from a story they involve people some involve animals that you recognize a horse a dog some involve trees, buildings one you can actually make out a car but it's hard to know what any of these are and there's ne- there seems to be no real narrative that you can pick out but every inch of the walls of this room are carved with these images Ernest starting to pick
0: up on Alistair's uh, traits pulls out his phone and starts taking photos of the walls um, but soon switches it off and kind of just stands in the room for a little bit trying to collect his breath Um, he rubs his arms which are all scratched up and and bruised from climbing through the the hole
1: what does are there any pathways or anything out of the room there is one more low fissure in the wall Uh, it's tucked behind another cleft of rock and this one seems to be low to the ground you would have to inch on your belly through this one the smell that you sensed before is a little stronger here you still can't quite put your finger on it but it instantly takes you back to when you were very young takes you back to the last camp you ever went on and while the images and the sense memories dance at the back of your mind you choose not to focus on them try not to engage with them it doesn't pick any particular one out what are you going to do
0: Ernest moves towards the the very small passageway and kind of shines his light around all corners every
1: inch of the the cabinet in making sure there is nothing in the room you see bones just here and there you see what is obviously finger bones another one that's a femur it's hard to tell if they're human or animal but you could check if you want to make a survival check I'd say that probably counts uh, and this and not does not need to <laughs> you also see many fish bones some whole skeletons of fish there are a few shiny rocks and shells and things as well This, whatever this place is it seems to be a trophy room a den some kind of hideaway for special things Hmm.
0: Ernest seeing the room and seeing especially the fish for some reason and the smell has a flashback once again to being on a canoe in the very very early hours of the morning lying on his front with his head half hanging off the canoe looking at the water uh, with another boy kind of standing over him Tries to you know kind of push it back and tries to uh, forget who the boy was, but remembers the two canoes, the only two remaining canoes floating down the river, and he remembers seeing fish dancing around beneath the canoe, and then a kid's shoe float along the river, passing the canoes. Uh, Ernest holds back the the need to vomit and kind of falls to all fours gasping for air and he kind of keeps his head down and kind of puts his forehead against the ground and wraps his arms around his head and just starts to beat his forehead against the floor and pulling at his hair right roll for me
1: just a normal d12 that's a 12 despite his emotional distress and becoming consumed with these memories that he can't hold back anymore you are infinitely aware of your surroundings and you hear a scraping and a shuffling coming from the only exit that you know the one directly in front of you Mm. and just looks up to see what's all right um you you hear this, and then you hear a curse. As there's kind of the sound, it's, a, it's hard to describe, but it's the recognisable sound of someone hitting their head on a rock.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and unfurling out of this disgustingly small, Nancy's head pops out. She's dirty, and she has a scrape on her forehead that is bleeding her head pops out and she locks eyes with you immediately and she goes I think I hate caves now and then she hauls herself into the chamber with you with a grunt and a groan and then a flop ernest kind of
0: flicks himself backwards like on his on his forearms and backs away from the the opening all the way back to the farthest wall
1: trying to stay away from her she she pants she's kind of just breathing heavily lying on her back she puts an arm in the air gives the thumbs up to no one in particular and lets it flop again and she goes <sighs> Ugh. can we please never do this again ever i think this place is closed for a reason <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts she she holds up one hand and starts counting on it and goes I lost Randy, I lost you, I lost Brett, then I got lost. Now I found you! And she starts, like, a new tally. Haven't found the others yet. Hmm... Also lost my flashlight. (laughs) Not earnest this time. (laughs) She looks at you. She kind of, like, flops her head to the side to look at you. like. You okay? Ernest
0: kind of still lost in all these memories and emotions being brought back. Uh, they all just like seem to be swirling around him at such a fast rate. These flashes that half feel like things that have just happened to him and stuff that have, has just happened to him and then stuff that is much older and just seem to be swirling and spinning around him and just as it all seems way way too much a hand seems to like cut through them like a hot knife through butter a hand just kind of claps on his shoulder and his face is is covered in dirt and blood not his own blood and he looks up at the smiling face of his older brother who is also Covered in a, a deal of blood and looks very scared and very worn, but smiles at him and says You've got to lead the way Ernest There isn't anyone else Ernest kind of clicks back gets on his his knees and brushes himself off Pulls a uh, extra flashlight from his belt and chucks it to Nancy and says I found Randy I lost Randy.
1: So we're two for two. She she takes the flashlight goes, Yep, Randy. She she kind of rolls over and sits with her back against the wall. It's a pretty small space. If you were to both like stretch your legs out, they would almost be touching foot to foot um, in this really small room. And as she gets her breath, she's looking at you and goes, Um, so, odd question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is... the most important memory you have? And she's kind of toying with the flashlight as she says it. There's a very odd question for the moment. <laughs> she, kind of, she kind of laughs and goes, what? I was just thinking I was... just crawling through the dark... And the cold and the wet. And I, I don't know. I was thinking and I was just. I just wanted to know. It's it's nice to have something to take my mind, you know, off it. Just, you know, an important memory. That's all I'm asking. Ernest kind of toys
0: with the, the flashlight as well. Kind of like unscrewing the end of it. Re-screwing it back on. And looks up and says. I only ever got one badge. She looks at you. I I only ever actually earned one badge. I was only with the scouts for a really short time. I got the boating badge on a camp. She nods. Getting my brother's badges. Your brother's badges. That was important to me. It, it told me that, like, it didn't matter that I wasn't good enough to get them now. It told me that I could earn it. I could earn his badges. They were mine, but I would make them
1: properly mine she looks at you and she nods she smiles and you you get that sense of calm it's a kind face and you get that momentary sensation that you got when you first met her just like everything's going to be okay and then the smile widens even further and then it opens and her eyes begin to somehow shrink back into themselves but grow at the same time. And what is Nancy's face seems to slip away. It seems to slip inwards and it becomes darker and greener and Nancy shrivels down from her normal size into something smaller, something humanoid but inhuman until you are face to face in this very small chamber lit only by a flashlight with something that can be best described as a living nightmare. And it is holding your brother's jacket in its hand.
0: just kind of cocks his head a little bit hello there he like shines the light of his face Says,
1: that's very important to me I can tell it's still Nancy's voice important things and it gestures at all the little items scattered around you in this room important memories and it points at the carvings on the wall (laughs) I like those things I'll look after it He kind of cocks his thumb back. as, And the shoes? She really liked the shoes. Oh. Okay. Now we're going to cut.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's so dark! Whoa!
1: I was hoping that would come together, alright? Wow. I wasn't sure if it was going to. That was good. (laughs) Okay, so uh, back at the house, (laughs) (laughs) we cut back to... Alistair and Bernie and Winston huddling inside this small cottage with a dark shape blocking one window. As Alistair is crouched and watching the glass fog where whatever this is, is breathing. And then it moves away, just like a cloud passing on. And Alistair reaches out, just purely on instinct to touch the glass where he had cleaned it before and it is cold to the touch like winter frost I'm
2: going to write that down
1: Uh, okay so Winston with a Q uh,
0: gets down to all fours and like scampers way too well (laughs) it's like Gollum type of thing scampers over to a distant window and peers out of it before turning back to Alistair
2: and Bernie and says the beast is gone where's bernie in this situation like how are we all situated and bernie, bernie was in, in the like where's the he sitting kitchen. what's he doing okay so you were all in one
1: open plan but very small room yeah okay so you were the three of you are basically just in a shared space is he still holding the gun
2: mm-hmm.
1: damn winston shoots up two thumbs up <laughs> bernie stands up
2: you can see that his hands are shaking a little Alistair's going to move over to the door and start moving stuff away from the door. And he just says, Bernie, Bernie, can you you help me with this? Yeah, Bernie moves. He basically puts a foot on the bits of
1: furniture and stuff that Winston has piled, and he gives them a shove with his foot and pulls the door open and steps out. He's ahead of you outside. Well, okay. And so he, you, as you, I'm assuming you follow after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you follow him... Out and he has the gun to his shoulder and he is moving fast around the side of the house following wherever this thing went yep i straight away follow after him all right you follow around the house and nothing seems any different the garden is still trampled and the door is still clawed as you would now assume it probably is and as you turn around the side of this house all you see is overgrown garden and the tops of roofs of the houses nearby you don't see anything winston heads out the back entrance rather than doing a whole loop around the house there's a back entrance
0: <laughs> just comes out and stands there and says well brothers we have bested the
2: beast alistair is going to run to uh, i'll roll for this if i have to but i'd love to not <laughs> have to because i won't take any more damage he's going to run to winston and grab the front of his shirt and tackle him to the ground. Don't you pick up that dice. Don't you do it. No one, hit, are you initiating combat again? No, one no, no, I'm not, I'm Winston. not like, I'm just like getting his attention aggressively. All right, you know, it's
1: fine. You can yeah. get his attention aggressively. Whether Winston Maybe I'll just push, him up, to I
2: push him up against the wall of the house.
0: Winston does not decide for that. <laughs> Winston got an 11.
2: <laughs> wow. Winston you, you like grab
1: him and try to like swing him up to the wall. Yeah. And he just like like slips out of the coat you're holding I'm like a and you like pin boy. the coat to the wall and he's like underneath the coat now looking up at you
0: <laughs> no winston has like his like y- using his elbow up on like on uh Alistair's shoulder behind him Was like mm-hmm, yes what do we need to talk about
2: <laughs> Alister is so mad <laughs> Because the only weapon he has against this man fails every single time because he rolls every single time. (laughs) He's going to death stare, Winston. And he's going to... If he could have pinned him up against the wall, he would have. And he's going to go, you tell me where that beast went right now. You will tell me where it went. I don't care if it's because you've seen it before, I don't care if it's because you've, you've dreamed it before, I don't care, you will tell me where it's gone and you will tell me right now. He kind of does the whole meandering things and kind of gestures at the sky He slaps your hand, he's like, NO! None of that, you
0: tell me where it's gone right now! Uh, Winston kind of, his hand that got slapped kind of floats around a bit before <laughs> coming back and pointing directly in Alistair's face and says, The Beast, you want me to explain anything? About the beast to you. And he's going to, like, grab Alistair's jaw oh. and say, We do not talk about the beast here.
1: And he's going to, like, push him back, like, laying he's- over his jaw. Uh, you kind of stumble into Bernie, who is right behind you. Mm-hmm. And he's going to kind of catch you and pat you on the shoulder and... He's obviously shaken. You can see that his hand is still shaking. He's going he to have to roll is. to restrain me. No, no, he's he's not trying to restrain you. And he okay. just says... Never mind. He says, um... Allie? What, look, Bernie? Look, what? I've, um... I think I've dreamed about that thing before. Come on, we, um... We... we. Uh, hold on. We haven't, um, searched the house. Come on. Bernie! So, look, Allie, Bernie Allie, No! Ali. Tell me what you mean. He just stares at you. And there's something sad in his eyes. He says, work first. And i like,
2: Bernie.
1: <sighs> Later. Come on. Please. He he starts moving away. You want to try? You could roll. Actually, I'll let you I'll let
2: you roll to convince him. Yeah. I'm just going to grab him. Not like forcibly. Just like pat him on. Like grab him on the shoulder and turn him around. Oh, thank goodness. It's a nine. That's something. Oh, wow. So what do you say that turns him around? Bernie, we've come this far. I I have I have nearly died so many times this week. And I know that there's somebody out here, and I don't know what this crazy man thinks he knows, but if you can back it up, maybe we have a chance. And I am not going home, I am not going home until I have either found this child and brought him home or died trying or proved brought back his body. I I don't know, but I'm not leaving until I get to the bottom of this. And if I swear to God, if you know something, please just tell me. Winston kind of sweeps over
0: and takes uh, Bernie's shaking hand in one of his and like pats on it again. And like looks at him and says, few dream." Of the beast. And even fewer speak. Of the beast. And kind of like pats him on the face. And says.
1: Only a brave man. Can do both. He kind of disengages himself. From both of you. And steps back. And he looks at the ground. And he puts the gun under his arm. And he coughs. And he goes. Well it's. Nice of you to say, but um Basically what I'm saying is give me the goss. I, think <laughs> I need it
0: for my I for my things and purposes. Please, Bernie.
1: This is such a different <laughs> energy. It's really difficult to balance this. Bernie, um he kind of scratches his eye and he, he looks at you and goes. Um, Ally, have you Winston who is very very uh, emotionally aware
0: says <laughs> I'll leave you boys to it goes out the back door closes
1: and immediately puts his ear against it <laughs> <laughs> that's great Bernie kind of scratches his eye and he uh, can't quite look at you and he says look Ali I'm not um, I'm not the, the smartest guy out there and um, but even I know that something's not right here in this place in this town people don't see things that they should see it's right there and i don't see them either there's stuff that happens and we should wonder why we don't i don't he kind of shakes himself and then tries to kind of focus again he goes i don't no. What's going on, and I have no idea what that thing was. Have you ever heard of um of a sense memory? It's like when you when you smell something and it, it brings back a memory of being a little kid or Ulster Nod. yeah It was like that, but not to something I've ever actually seen. I think it was a dream but there's a lot of things I think I've dreamt but I think they might have happened too and I don't know anymore and it scares me but and he kind of shakes you a little by the shoulder and goes but right now there is a little boy somewhere who needs help and he has been calling for help for a while and we are wasting time so other things later. Right now, we've got a job to do. Is that is that okay? Alistair is crying. <laughs> he goes and Ali, he. T- he takes you by both shoulders. Now he kind of he kind of props the gun against <laughs> the house because <laughs> otherwise I don't know where it would be. He kind of <laughs> takes you by both shoulders. And goes. Ali, this is a very healthy thing. Just want to let you know.
2: Um. He's yeah. he's like not. He's looking at the ground and he's he 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 tried to like hide it at first and then he gave up and he has just tears streaming down his cheeks and he he can't say anything he just nods Winston's hands pat on
0: you from behind and through from like he's lifted up the b- the window behind you is patting you
2: on the shoulder. And says this is a good thing. <laughs>
0: this is a good
2: thing. Alistair hasn't even noticed. <laughs> Bernie is gonna kind of uh, clap you on the
1: shoulder because he doesn't really know what else to do. He's like, <clears throat> cool. Uh, okay, let's um, keep searching. He's just kind of gonna start walking back into the house.
2: Winston points at Bernie and says, that's less of a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Alistair is still crying and he sinks to his knees and just sits there for a minute. That's about all he can do. Okay. He has been waiting for a very, very long time for somebody to say that to him, for somebody to actually recognize what's been happening and actually recognize that they don't know what's going on either and that something is wrong and he he just can't cope with it it's if if he hadn't been so overwhelmed by everything that's happened to him the last week maybe he'd be okay but he's just he can't cope and he's just kneeling there all right i want you to take four off of
1: your stress damage you've kind of had a a real moment of connection and catharsis and you've had a moment where someone else has validated your fears and that kind of is hard but it also is rewarding and a bit freeing so
2: you can you can take a little stress off okay that that brings me back down to eight so he's kind of he sits there for a minute he's kind of just like rubbing his hands like just wiping the tears off and he's like okay all right and he kind of just looks up and looks around and winston's sitting next to you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also crying. And then, and then also, he, he's also crying. Just... And then he looks over. Now that Alistair's, like, he's been there for maybe 30 seconds, he's stopped crying, he's wiped the tears off. He hasn't noticed. And he looks over and sees Winston. And just immediately the look of disgust enters his face and he just stands up and he's like, Come on, man! And he stands up and, like, pushes the door open and walks into the I house. just love
1: tender moments. All right, you re-enter the house and Bernie is... Searching quite thoroughly, he's moving furniture. He's checking cupboards. Uh, there is a room, or at least two rooms, connecting to this one, and I assume that you kind of go for one of these.
2: Yeah, yeah, whichever whichever one is closest.
1: All right, um, you gingerly open one of them. It's a bathroom, just a small one um, with an old fashioned bath and a sink and a mirror. Uh, there's a toothbrush on the sink. There's toothpaste. There is a towel hanging up. You leave that and go to the next room. Bernie's moving at the same time to do the same. Uh, You open the door and enter together, and this is a bedroom. Uh, What you find is another room. It's a small one. There's a double bed crammed in here. There is a hiking pack with clothes spilling out of it on the end of the bed. You can see um, what's obviously a woman's clothing a shirt, a jumper, and a child's, a boy's. You can see a t-shirt with a planet on it and another one with a tiger's face. As you begin to search here, searching under the bed, searching all over the place, what you find is in uh, on the far side of the bed, close to the wall, Alistair finds a copy of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea shredded
2: to pieces. Okay, he kind of looks at it and just very confused for a minute and then remembers the claw marks. All right, you find nothing. <laughs> you are
1: basically kind of absorbed by this book, but you do notice that the window in this room is open. Oh. And looking out, you can see a path of gardens and then the woods behind it uh, heading back up the into the coast, sorry, inland from the coast. Winston's just, like, tearing up floorboards and looking <laughs> underneath
0: stuff and just, like, he is going above and beyond <laughs> to find anything.
2: Right. Um,
1: While you were doing that... Yeah! Bern- yeah! <laughs> Bernie is um, going through the hiking pack and he finds, stashed at the very bottom, in a little zipped pocket, he finds a waterproof scientific journal. This is a small one. It's an A5, let's say. It fits almost in the the palm of his hand. And he begins to flick through it. But at the same time as he's doing this, while you are tearing up the floorboards, you actually uh, find a cellar.
2: Oh. Oh. Okay. (laughs) He
0: tears up one, throws it over his shoulder. Yes! I
1: knew I'd find one. (laughs) All right, you are going to open it? Yep. All right, Winston tears open this cellar, and it's not the typical English or American cellar. It's not a basement. This is a storage hatch. This is essentially a small pit dug underneath a house in the construction for storing um, goods in during winter and these sort of things. And in it you find a towel wrapped around something. It's not large. It's a little bigger than a book, really. Winston is going to kind of kneel down and pull it
0: out and have a look at it.
1: Alistair and Bernie can see him through the door to the bedroom, having found this. And as he unwraps it, what he finds is a very chunky
2: laptop. Alistair walks down. He's like, hey, can you... you?" And then he remembers. Mm. He's like, could you... Give that to me. Complooper. <laughs> like sniffs up
0: the side of it and like, I have no purpose for this. And just
2: hands it to Alistair. And then starts like looking at the towel like it's going to reveal some truth to him. <laughs> is there anything else of note in the little basement area? No. Okay. got a gonna- few empty jars, but nothing. I sniff the jar. No. Uh, Alistair's going to walk back up the ladder Ladder, steps. There's no steps. It's, it's a single just, house. Okay. So I don't know why where the steps <laughs> came from. Alice is gonna walk back out and he's gonna set the laptop down. Uh he's gonna message me and he's like, Well, maybe this has something useful on it. Do we have time to search it now, or should we bring it with us? Uh, I, I I don't I don't I mean I can it won't take me long, but I, I don't know. He looks be... at the laptop and goes
1: Well this isn't exactly Revealing any new clues. Uh, might as well give it a go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I open the laptop. All right. It turns on. Oh, yes. Windows
2: Vista. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair's one weakness. He closes the laptop, gives it to Winston. He's like, well, this is useless to me. And he walks up. Mmm. Come
1: <laughs> mm,
2: Vista. Mm. Vista. All right. The, you open
1: the laptop and it boots up but it isn't the normal operating system. It's not even any operating system you've ever seen or heard of. It's slate gray and in pixely old fashioned text, there is a logo in the bottom right corner that says Ilios. You don't know what this means exactly, but you take it in and your attention really is grabbed by the fact that there is an eight character password required as Alistair begins to pour over this Bernie and um, Winston, Winston are talking J. in the background and then you suddenly hear them stop and the light changes as a shadow is kind of cast over you and you turn around to see someone standing in the door. There is a young woman with a dirty face. She has a very bright, shrewd grey eyes and a mane of silver blonde hair and she is dressed in a strange mishmash of clothing some of it workman's clothing some of it is hiking gear she looks at winston and she says uh dad who
2: are these people alistair looks up and kind of we go into hacker analytical brain as he scans the woman up up and down and he looks at what she's wearing, he looks at her age, he, he, he sees Dad who are these people come up as like green text in front of his eyes this is all metaphorical by the way and then we see a, a red box that flashes that says not a threat and then he ignores her and looks back at the laptop Winston kind of gestures around says
0: there's a lawman from the main town looking for the boy they believed me. Yay
1: <laughs> She kinda of grimaces and goes, Uh-huh. Um Okay. Uh Dad? Yes. We need to get going. Uh we've gotta get back. Come on, let's um come on, let's head off. Uh nice to meet you guys. Uh I've just gotta get my dad back home now. He uh he kinda of swivels around, holds out his hand.
2: To uh to Bernie and says a pleasure doing business with you. Alistair puts laptop down carefully, and he stands up. He's like, "Wait, hold on, hold on, just can wait, just wait a second. Is it like trying to stop her. Yeah, she's sort of kind of halfway out the
1: door, and she's kind of pulling uh Winston by his sleeve. He's like doing
2: salutes and doing gang signs. <laughs> like, "Whoa, hey, hold on!" And he like grabs grabs her arm, not forcefully. He's not always a violent person. He just grabs her arm. And he's like, oh, "Well, hey, hold on, can we just?" She- uh, actually, All
1: right. She tries to grab your wrist and like spin your arm to put to uh, like hurt you. Yeah, and it doesn't quite work. She kind of extricates
2: herself, but cut doesn't quite get you. Okay. She just don't touch me. Okay, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean. It's just uh, your father. And he was helping us out with something very important. Like, I don't know, maybe you don't understand. That's okay. But we're actually trying to help a child that's gone missing. And we really need his help because he's seen the child. And he I, we think he, know, he might know where this child is. And we really just need his help. And if you want to join the search party, that's great. But search party. Yes, yes. The more people that we have, like, if you want to help, that's great. Because we're trying to find him. So the more people we have, the more ground we can cover. That'd be great. You, you're you looking for a kid. Yes, yes. Okay. Per, a, a child um, and their, their mother. She, she just kind gone of gone like missing. puts her,
1: f- her hand in your face, like just shut up is sort of the gesture. She's like, you're a search party. You're looking for a kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's and right. And dad was helping you find a kid. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm a probably- man of much information, you see. I think it's probably best that you two come with us. Then I think, um, like,
0: clicks his f- fingers into the finger guns and like clicks his his tongue.
1: Like, Dad, I'm a man I, of many knowledges. She she kind of turns to um, Winston and says, "Dad, I think I think they should meet. Come on, we'll, let's we'll, let's take them with us." Uh, and she's gonna start moving, taking him. Okay. with her out into the garden and start heading around to the back of the house
2: Okay, uh, Alice is just going to call, he's like, but are you, are you sure that's the best move because we may not have much time uh, I assume Alice, she doesn't. Bernie,
1: Bernie pockets the book that he was holding and finds the rifle again and moves off after them and says, I think for the moment um, best to follow the leads that we've got if there's someone else we should talk to, I reckon we,
2: we head that way. Yep, Alice is like, yep. Yeah. Okay, right. I, I think you're right. And he goes and he grabs a laptop and he um, heads off after Bernie and the others. All right, great.
1: We return to a small cramped cave room deep underground on the other side of the island where Ernest is sitting in strange company. This creature that is looking at you, Ernest, it has very large eyes, though they don't seem to have any iris to them, they're just black circles in white. And they're recessed deep into its face. Its face is human but misshapen, like it has more of a muzzle than a mouth. Its nose is not really a human nose. And its ears are slightly pointed and flat to the sides of its head. It's small too, smaller than you would think, especially since it was just Nancy, who was a tall, well-built woman. This is more like a child or a very malnourished person. It's skinny, you can see its bones and its ribs through its gray-green Skin and it is holding your jacket in its hands and kind of running the fabric through its fingers. Ernest kind of points the flashlight up at the roof of
0: the room so like the entire area is bathed in a little bit of light and sits next to him and kind of crosses his hands and looks at it and says,
1: So who are you? It, it rotates its head from one side to the other, almost like it's stretching its neck, and you hear vertebra popping as it does so. And it says, That is a good question. And then it switches to Randy's voice.
2: The better question is,
1: Who are you? And then I was kind of just gesture
0: with his hands. Well, I feel like the only way we're going to make any progress here if. If we both answer these questions I'm perfectly happy to answer whatever questions you'd like
1: But I'd like you to answer mine as well Alright He looks at you And shuffles forwards a little Just a little Just a scoot And Ernest doesn't flinch Alright And it leans in and peers at you With these large eyes Ernest leans in as well not too close, but... The smile widens again until it's... So much of its face is just smile. And it says, I like questions. Well, I love answers. We're going to get along just fine. It runs its hands over the badges on your jackingers. First question. Tell me about your brother. uh uh-uh. uh and just told to up his hand. Actually, I asked the first question. Who are you? It switches back to Nancy's voice and says, Who am I? And then it changes again. And this, it dawns on you as it speaks that this is Brett's voice. It says, I'm a lot of people, really. Lots of people.
0: Earn just kind of crosses his hands and says, Next question, then we'll move on to, ah, to your go. Ah, no, hold on. I hold believe. On. I feel it like is I have. No, 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 no. I feel like I deserve at least one more. It Was, rolls
1: its neck again. Was Brett ever here? It smiles, and in Brett's voice, it says, Yes. Once. A, it kind of rolls its shoulders and pops its neck and says, in Brett's voice. He was here. Okay. Now on your
0: question. So, my brother was, obviously, a little bit older than me. He was one of the main leaders of our local Cub Scout and
1: Scouting Group. It was pretty strapped for people, so he did both. It nods. And still running fingers over the patches, it says, Scouts are like rangers, then. Like Brett. In a fashion. Hmm. It's okay. I'll get that information. It moves forward again. I'm sure you will. Next question. Where are my friends? It thinks for a moment and says it's still in Brett's voice here and there all separate all together not gone upriver yet some of them were harder than others some of them didn't have things not like you, you have a very nice thing. And then it puts the jacket on. And as it does, its skin starts to transform, it changes colour, and its bones begin to move, and its shape changes. Until you are face to face with a face, a face you recognise. It's your brother, Edgar. And wearing his face, using his voice, this thing says, I like this one. And Ernest
0: replies, It's going to be your last one. And he is going to grab it by the throat and stab as hard as he can into it with his taser. For more Darktides content including a post show, a prequel series and two bonus shows, check out the Darktides Patreon at patreon.com darktides.